Welcome to the Resilient Fire Podcast. I'm Dave, and I'm excited that you are joining in for episode two, which I'm calling Moses and Margins. If you listened to my first episode a couple weeks ago, we talked about the importance of understanding your basic needs as a survivor, as well as your basic needs as a Christian. If you enjoyed that episode, please go back to whatever platform you listen through and leave a rating and review. These ratings and reviews are the currency of podcasts, and that's going to help others find the podcast, and hopefully they'll be able to tune in and enjoy the content just like you are. Like I said, this week we're talking about Moses and margins. Look, no matter where you live in the world, every single one of us has exactly 168 hours per week to keep ourselves occupied. In the United States, the Bureau of Labor Statistics in 2019 reported that the average American worked 8 hours per weekday and 5.5 hours per weekend day. This adds up to about 51 hours of work per week. When you add in your family obligations, your volunteering, your social events, your extracurricular activities, things along those lines, maybe I'm stretching a little bit, maybe it's generous, but I'm saying 10 hours a week average per that. I couldn't really find any statistics, so we'll just go with 10. If you're here in America, you're spending a significant amount of time on your phone, on social media. We spend about 5.4 hours average per day on our phones. We check them an average of 58 times. We're sifting through about 121 emails average per day. So depending on what statistics you look at and, and what you read, you're looking anywhere between 15 to in excess of 20 hours of social media and phone time per week. I just kept it at 18 just for simple math. If you sleep, that's good. Seven hours, we'll just keep that as the average. Uh, that's another 49 hours per week committed to that. So what's your leftover after your initial 168 hours, just taking into account those three different or four different categories, you have 40 hours left, 40 hours to eat, to exist, to do chores, to do things around the house, driving. I mean, that's under ideal circumstances. That's not a lot of time, right? If I gave you $168 and said, okay, you're going to give me 128 of those and you're going to be left with 40, you probably would not enjoy that. So how can you leave yourself with maybe 45 or how can you get 50? Maybe if we translate the hours into money, it makes it a little bit more easy to understand like, hey, we are burning ourselves out. This whole idea of glorifying busyness, i.e. living without margins is impacting us emotionally, psychologically, physically. Psychologically, when we are just stressed and, 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 and just going to the max, we have anxiety and we have stress, like I said, you're getting overwhelmed potentially feeling inadequate, incompetent, hopeless. I mean, the list goes on and on when it comes to the psychological effects of just being busy and living without margins all the time. Physically, we are seeing increased rates of restlessness, insomnia, headaches, fatigue, lowered sex drive, digestion issues, cardiovascular issues, muscular tension and pain. Again, the list is not exhaustive, but there are numerous physical effects that just occur from being on the go all the time and living without margins. We need to recognize the importance of establishing margins in our lives. And that's what this episode is going to focus on. I'm going to start off with scripture a little bit. We're going to go back into the Old Testament and read a little bit about Moses and see what he was dealing with. Then we're going to talk about margins in a survival situation and where can you find those. And then finally, we're going to get into how do we get margins in our lives? How do we take these, these concepts and apply them into our lives? 
But before we can talk about ourselves, let's talk about Moses back in Exodus chapter 18, verses 13 through 17. It says this, The next day Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people, and they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for their people, he said, What is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge, while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses answered him, Because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Moses' father-in-law replied, What you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. So let me give you a little bit of context here. We'll rewind a little bit. The Israelites had just spent about 400 years in captivity, not governing themselves, but under the governance of the Pharaoh of of Egypt. Uh, It was not a pleasant time for them. Conversely, Moses had actually grown up in the palaces of Egypt. He understood how to govern. He recognized what that was like. So he was the appointed leader of the Israelites when they went into their, um, when they started to escape out of captivity. And he was charged with being the role of the judge or the settler of disputes, no matter how big or how small. So his role was to settle those disputes based on the ordinances and the laws of God. So Jethro, who is Moses' father-in-law, said that his plan, that Moses' plan of, of doing all this judgment, essentially, all by himself was too burdensome for Moses. It was going to wear him out. But Jethro also was able to say, hey, look at the people that are standing around from morning till evening waiting for you to make a decision, right? You have these people that are just waiting and waiting and waiting. I mean, wasting their time. Was there anything else that they could be doing besides waiting for Moses to call up their case, to hear the arguments, to figure out what God's decrees and instructions say, and then deliver whatever the decision is? So Moses was having to wade through all the issues, determine the outcomes. All of these people were standing around from morning till evening, and it was just a plan that was not going to work. And that's what Jethro was trying to say. Jethro ultimately said, hey, look, you need to divest some of your responsibilities to other people that you trust so that they can do that. And what that did is it provided Moses with a little bit more time and space to do the things that maybe he was called to do or or he was destined to do or or just needed to do. He, He gave himself that margin space. When you look at a survival situation, you actually do have margins in a survival situation that you have to understand and you have to learn how to apply. But those margins are found on your map. Land navigation is one of the most useful skills that I think any one of us can learn, i.e. how to use a map and a compass and not just follow a GPS or Waze or Google Maps or whatever map application that you use. If you know how to use a map and a compass, Man, I think that's such a good and valuable skill, especially if you're spending any time outdoors. Maps contain a whole bunch of information that can help anybody in a wilderness or survival situation. So knowing how to read that map and knowing what's on there is an absolute must. And one of the best resources on the map is is not the map itself, but guess what? It's the marginal information. (laughs) You see what I did there? So the marginal information, uh, what you see on a map, obviously you got the imagery, right? But then you have sometimes a, a map title or a sheet name that's usually named for the largest settlement or the largest town or whatever it might be contained within the area covered or perhaps the largest natural feature. You also will have a legend. That legend is going to explain what the different symbols and colors and the abbreviations that are used on the map. 
So it'll denote like what a road looks like or what a river looks like or a creek or a path or a trail or a jeep trail or anything along those lines. It'll tell you what specific water features might be. You know, is it is it like a lake or a pond or is it maybe a marshy area? It'll let you know what man-made structures look like. Is it a building? Is it an antenna tower? Anything along those lines. And you can also see other natural information or natural features, any information about those. Also in the marginal information, you have your scale. It, it, you'll usually see it in two different ways. You have a ratio scale, which is kind of a, a fraction. So often it'll be like one to 50,000 or one to 24,000. And all that means is one inch on the map equals 24,000 inches uh, on the actual earth. So that's the, uh, that, you know, just a ratio that works for you. You also might see some sort of a linear scale. That's a bar scale that you'll, you, you will usually find that will let you kind of estimate distances on the map. Additionally, in the margins, you're going to see the index to adjoining sheets. This is especially important if you're working on one part of a map and um, maybe you're on the edge of that map. You need to understand or you need to know which uh, other map that you need to have so you can continue to navigate uh, the way that you want to go. The declination diagram, that's something that's important to understand. That's the angular relationship between true north and magnetic north and grid north. So I'll, I'll do a quick lesson on those. True north is the direction to the north pole from any point on Earth. Usually that's going to be denoted with a star. Magnetic north is direction determined by a compass needle. That's denoted with usually a half of an arrowhead. And then grid north is the direction shown by the grid lines on the map. There's no symbol, usually it's just you know in line with the grid lines that are on the map. So how to use a declination diagram when you're doing land navigation? We're gonna hit that on another podcast. Your contour interval, you'll see that on there, that's the vertical distance between your contour lines on the map, right? It'll help you determine if something is steep or if it's very gradual, if you're on a peak or a ridge line or a drainage or anything along those lines. And depending on the map or chart, there could be more or less information, but that's kind of the the overview of, of your marginal information. So map has margins, we need to have margins. It's a perfect application, right? So how do we do that? Well, one author writes that margin is the space between our load and our limits, right? It's whatever we held or we hold and reserve for contingencies or emergencies. If you have no margins, you have no ability to respond to contingencies or emergencies, and that's not a good place to be. Another author wrote that power minus load equals margin. And power can be defined as your energy or your time or your skills or your emotional or physical capacities, your finances or your social support, whatever that might be. Your load is any number of problems that you might be dealing with. Maybe it's debt or deadlines or interpersonal conflicts. So in order to get more margin, more ability to respond to contingencies and emergencies, you either need to increase the amount of power or decrease the amount of load. So how do you do that? Maybe you need to conduct a self-assessment. Where are you at physically? Are you, are you physically overwhelmed? Are you physically burnt out? What about emotionally? Are you emotionally burnt out when someone comes to you and says that they have a problem are you able to handle that? Are you able to bear one another's burdens like it says in Galatians? Where are you at financially? Can you absorb an emergency? What about spiritually? Can you absorb an emergency? Do you have the margin space to be able to do that? We never know when something tragic 
uh, is going to happen in our lives. Spiritual margin room, I think, is probably the most important thing. Consider asking a friend to provide some feedback, right? Moses was, he was doing his job, right? He was doing what he was appointed to do. He was the leader of the Israelites. And so he had this role of being the judge and the jury and the decider, right? And, and hearing people's arguments and trying to understand through, through their perspective what God's laws and instructions would decide for their situation. Thankfully, he had a family member who was concerned about him and said, look, man, you are doing way too much right now. You need to stop doing this plan because it is not going to work. You are going to get burnt out. And so he helped him to say, okay, what can I do in order to decrease my load so that I can increase my margins? We live in a world right now that is inclined to say yes. We say yes to all kinds of things that maybe we need to either say no or perhaps even not right now. And if someone asks you to, to help out with something or, if, or you know, whatever it might be, if you have the ability to say not right now and give yourself 24 hours to just kind of process through whatever that request is, I think that can be super helpful. So learning to say no or learning to say not right now is another one of those things that I think we could probably employ. What about scheduling free time into your calendar just saying, nope, I'm going to block this out. When I was actually teaching back in my younger days, we kind of followed the 50-10 rule. We would teach for about 50 minutes and then we would block out 10 minutes where you know our students would take a break, we would take a break as instructors, um, and that just helped us to actually block out that time. Maybe just sitting down and journaling and saying, okay, I'm gonna list out five priorities today. What five things can and will I get done? If anything else is going to keep me from getting those things done, I'm going to have to say either no or not right now because these five things are my yes. I think that's a, a pretty solid plan as well. Finally, I want to talk about social media. In 2019 and 2020, the average daily social media usage of internet users worldwide amounted to 145 minutes per day. That's two hours and 25 minutes of social media usage per day. The average U.S. adult uh, now, you know, depending on statistics that you read, is anywhere between 38 and maybe 45 minutes per day on Facebook. 16 to 24-year-olds, the, the median is about three hours a day on social media platforms. I want you to hear this statistic. Projections show that the average adult will spend six years and eight months of their life on social media. I think that statistic is just kind of, it should be kind of a kick in the pants and say, look, what am I, what am I spending my time doing? Many people use social media and whatever other platforms to just kind of escape for a little while, but that turns into, if you add it all up, six years and eight months. Is there something that you can be doing that might be a little bit more productive? Many people use social media and other media to cast their judgments on the topics of the day, whether it's interpersonal issues or political things, whatever it might be, and it gets to be too much. It sucks you in, and you just keep on going there and, and spending time there. And I think that's very similar to what Moses was dealing with. Right? He was, he was sucked into it, and, and he felt like it was this thing that he had to do. And he was doing it from morning until evening. And thankfully, he had Jethro to come in and say, look, you need to stop doing what you're doing. Jethro helped him to divest some of his responsibilities 
to other individuals who could do the job. He decreased his load so he could increase his margins. We talked about the margins on the map and, and the wealth of information that they can provide. Man, when you look at a map, I think the goodness of the map is in the margins because if you don't know what the map is showing you, you're not going to be able to use it to its full advantage. We talked about practical application of applying margins to our lives, trying to understand power minus load equals margin, conducting that self-assessment and seeing where we're at, scheduling free time, limiting social media, sticking to your five priorities. I think all of that stuff is super healthy and I think it deserves a look, especially if you feel like you are getting burnt out. This business badge of honor that we are all wearing, it causes us to have burnout, it causes us to be stressed, and it is impacting our health physically and psychologically. When you look at the statistics for social media alone, if I'm spending six years of my life on social media, what am I missing? What am I neglecting? What am I saying is less important than scrolling through pictures or social media arguments? More importantly, if I'm dedicating six years of my life to something, how is it influencing me? Is this keeping me on the path that I'm, I'm trying to stay on, or is this going to pull me off the path? Knowing how to understand and cultivate margins, whether it's on a map or in our daily lives, is critical to keeping ourselves from burning out. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Get some margin space in your lives. Keep your fires burning. <laughs>